This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, a secret society. They constructed a building on the Magnificent Mile. They only used it for about five years, but it was designed like no other building in the world, and it still stands today, even though the secret society has changed quite a bit. This is The Backstory. The problem with a secret society is, like any group, as it gets bigger, it loses its exclusivity and perhaps a bit of prestige. The solution is simple. Start another one. That's what these two men do in New York, 1871. It's a group that makes its way to Chicago to build an iconic headquarters, a grand hotel to keep their business and their fun discreet in the midst of luxury. It became instantly world famous because it was the clubhouse for the world's finest club. The Intercontinental Hotel is one of the treasures that makes the mile so magnificent when the building is constructed in the late 1920s. But it's not the Intercontinental Hotel. It's called an athletic club, one of the first skyscrapers in the country. Opulence. They wanted a fabulous architectural motif. Paul Scheeler is a member of the group and its historian. They wanted to demonstrate their prominence and power and affluence in society. This architecture is unique. They wanted it to be said that it was unlike anything else in the world. In terms of being an athletic club, there's a miniature golf course with a babbling brook of running water, bowling alleys, and amenities that may not seem a big deal today, but were innovative a century ago. The world's highest elevation indoor swimming pool on the 13th floor was an engineering marvel when it was designed and installed, and it still is today. The architectural elements, the design elements, include Egyptian, Assyrian, Mesopotamian, Celtic, some medieval. There are no other facilities in the world that include all of those different design elements in this manner. a golden onion-shaped dome on the roof, uh, which purportedly was for the docking of Zeppelins. The Zeppelin dock may have been just a public relations gimmick, as no airships ever docked here. And something about a turntable for automobiles in the garage. Yes, automobiles tended to be large and heavy uh, back then, and when they would pull into the parking garage, there was not necessarily room for them to turn around, so they installed a rotating turntable so the valet could spin the car around and aim it back out the garage door. So who was this secret society? An actor named William Florence and a surgeon named Walter Fleming come up with the idea in 1871. They're Freemasons, but want something more exclusive and fun. William Florence travels to France, where he's invited to a party. The entertainment, a musical comedy performance where the participants are then inducted as members of a secret society. He travels to Cairo and Algiers to learn more. 
When he returns, Florence and Fleming establish their new secret society. Well, they needed a theme to add an air of mystique uh, to the organization that would make people want to join it. Ancient Arabic Order of the Nobles of the Mystic Shrine, is that accurate? Yes. Uh, that's an acronym, if you mix the letters up, yeah. it, it spells out A Mason, okay. which is all that a Shriner is. Yes, the Shriners, a subgroup of 350,000 members that makes up about 10% of all Masons. You know them as the guys who wear the fez hats and ride funny cars. They raise millions for charity. The Shriners operate 22 hospitals and burn centers. Patients' families never receive a bill. You do see them in parades. That's the public face of the Shrine, but there is so much more to it. The legacy of what they accomplished lives on, not just in their charitable works, but in the facilities that you can see, like the Intercontinental Hotel today. It would cost hundreds of millions to recreate the old world artisanship. A century ago, one has to be careful about how they mix business and pleasure. The members who were prominent leaders in society and in business and industry wanted a place where they could socialize together along with their family and friends in a controlled setting during an era when it was not necessarily appropriate or safe to be seen out in public doing so. Why is that? Uh, prohibition. Chicago uh, was a wide open town at that point in time. There was a lot of things going on. You had the untouchables pursuing Mr. Capone and people still wanted to socialize in their own way and the club offered them that opportunity. Also, it was a place of safety. Some of the public venues were not necessarily safe to uh, gather in or be seen socializing in. The large suites double as small casinos. Bootleg liquor flows for the 3,000 members. These are um, I would say secret compartments, and if you take a look, you can uh, see that something could have been stored in here for future use. Beyond the exclusive members, you might see an outsider who is the ultimate insider, Big Bill Thompson, one of Chicago's most corrupt mayors. But you had to think the police or the feds would have known somebody's gotta be having a party in there. Well, they were probably in the parties, <laughs> and so uh, it would have been bad form to raid their own social event. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? How, how does this story unfold up here? This part is the, the story of the life of King Arthur, and we are in King Arthur's court ballroom. And so they wanted to embellish the available space with a historical tale. And the artisan had to be aware of the arc of history in what they were painting, as well as just have artistic talent. And so you can see the amount of tension and detail is extraordinary. Is there any particular reason why King Arthur? Because he was an ancient figure. There were no trademarks or copyrights. No royalties needed to be paid to him. And uh, it was a, uh, uh, a bygone era of chivalry. So uh, Paul, I see this comes over into a door in the corner that sits down, which is a little strange. What's this, the reason for this hallway? Passageways like this were included in the design so that family members, ladies, children, guests, visitors, and the staff could access uh, the main areas of the club without passing through uh, the main doorways. 
Tell us what this space is called. This is an example of heraldry, most of them reflecting ancient animals from lost civilizations, and to create a sense of mystery even in the details of the space. This is the Grand Ballroom, and when it was constructed, the chandelier that you see was the largest Baccarat crystal chandelier in the United States. Wow. And you'll see also there's murals decorating the ceiling along with gold leaf encircling uh, the entire ballroom. But after the Roaring Twenties comes the Depression. As you got towards the, the middle of the Great Depression, and the Roaring Twenties were over and people were still wishing to socialize with adult beverages in private. And the club was towards the end of its uh, era of ownership by the Medina Shriners. You did see some events that made the local news where you had people that were not necessarily members of the organization coming into the building and winding up making headlines for various reasons. On two separate occasions, women fall out of windows. One of these deaths erupt into a scandal, embroiling the heir to the Studebaker automobile fortune. How did that impact, if at all, the Shriners and their sense of secrecy? Times change, and the Shriners had, by 1934, moved on to other things. The club reflects a moment in time when they were able to afford to build something that was uniquely special, and they enjoyed it for a full five years. It now is a shrine, if you will, to a bygone era of opulent social activity in exclusive private clubs that will not come again. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash Backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.